One night, I listened to Stephen King's book on writing, A Memoir of the Craft. As one of his pieces of advice on building the practice of writing, King says this. By the time you step into your new writing space and close the door, you should have settled on a daily writing goal. As with physical exercise, it would be best to set this goal low at first to avoid discouragement. I suggest a thousand words a day. And because I'm feeling magnanimous, I'll also suggest that you can take one day a week off, at least to begin with. No more. You'll lose the urgency and immediacy of your story if you do. With that goal set, resolve to yourself that the door stays closed until that goal is met. Get busy putting those thousand words on paper or on a floppy disk. Got it, Stephen. New goal. Write 1,000 words a day starting tomorrow. Here's how the next morning went. Let's see. Opening my laptop. Oh, got an email. Need to respond to that. Might as well check Facebook while we're at it. Anything new? Just the usual. What's on LinkedIn? Ooh, a message. Let me respond to that. Thanks for the lead, Stephen. I'll let you know how it turns out. Done. Ugh, I still haven't written anything. I should probably get a nap to help with these distractions. Hmm, I'm not ready to buy anything, and I keep getting distracted. Let's just get back to writing. Title. How about Episode 2, Expedition Daily Rituals? Even with the best intentions, I did not write 1,000 words that day, nor the next, or the day after that. You could say I failed. Or I just haven't flexed that muscle frequently and consistently enough to do it yet. I'm going to go with that. In case you missed my first episode, my previous employer and I parted ways. So my daily schedule is disrupted, to say the least. For me, it's an odd transition from working at least eight hours a day, Monday through Friday, and recently sometimes Saturday, to having no daily work routine. I feel like that John Travolta Pulp Fiction meme, you know the one where he's looking around like he's lost? In the movie, he's actually looking for the person behind the voice he heard over the intercom. But he seems lost nonetheless. Well, that's me right now. I wake up feeling like the sentiment of that meme. Lost. As a content marketer, when I have a regular 9 to 5, no problem. My work routine is set and productive. But as a creator who happens to have extra time on his hands, I have no personal daily work routine yet, and it's frustrating me. So what can I do? One idea I have is to look to the masters, those who have pioneered life as creators. So I revisited a favorite book of mine titled Daily Rituals, How Artists Work by Mason Curry. Surely the masters have the answers. Mozart 
My hair is always done by six o'clock in the morning, and by seven, I am fully dressed. I then compose until nine. From nine to one, I give lessons. Then, I lunch. Unless I am invited to some house where they lunch at two or even three o'clock, as for example, today or tomorrow at Countess Zichy's and Countess Thun's. I can never work before five or six o'clock in the evening, and even then, I am often prevented by a concert. If I am not prevented, I compose until nine. I then go to my dear Constance. Though the joy of seeing one another is nearly always spoiled by her mother's bitter remarks. At half past ten or eleven, I come home. As I cannot rely on being able to compose in the evening, owing to the concerts which are taking place and also to the uncertainty as to whether I may not be summoned now here and now there, it is my custom, especially if I get home early, to compose a little before going to bed. I often go on writing until one, and am up again at six. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a really full day. It also sounds like a musician's dream. Let's look at a writer, Karl Marx. Here's a description of Marx's habits as described by Isaiah Berlin. His mode of living consisted of daily visits to the British Museum reading room. Where he normally remained from nine in the morning until it closed at seven, this was followed by long hours of work at night, accompanied by ceaseless smoking, which, from a luxury, had become an indispensable anodyne. This affected his health permanently, and he became liable to frequent attacks of a disease of the liver, sometimes accompanied by boils, and an inflammation of the eyes, which interfered with his work, exhausted and irritated him. And interrupted his never certain means of livelihood. I am plagued like Job, though not so God-fearing. Marx wrote in 1859. Oh my! Everything about Marx's life seems excessive to me. But who am I to judge? I've not written a single book. But I'm curious what it's like for someone who has had a full-time job. Let's take a look at Toni Morrison. I am not able to write regularly," Morrison told the Paris Review in 1993. "I have never been able to do that, mostly because I have always had a nine-to-five job. I had to write either in between those hours, hurriedly, or spend a lot of weekend and pre-dawn time. For much of her writing career, Morrison not only worked a day job as an editor at Random House, but taught university literature courses and raised her two sons as a single parent." Morrison's writing hours have varied over the years. In interviews in the 1970s and 80s, she frequently mentions working on her fiction in the evening, but by the 90s she had switched to the early morning hours, saying, "I am not very bright or very witty or very inventive after the sun goes down." For the morning writing, her ritual is to rise around five, make coffee, and watch the light come. This last part is crucial. Writers all devise ways to approach that place where they expect to make the contact, where they become the conduit, or where they engage in this mysterious process. Morrison said, "For me, light is the signal in the transaction. It is not being in the light; it's being there before it arrives. It enables me, in some sense." Wow. I'm just going to sit with that for a second. 
Daily Rituals is packed with anecdotes like these, and the examples by these masters are great and all. But what if I just want some simple tactics to help me find my groove? I shared my predicament with my colleagues and asked them for their thoughts or some advice. Here's what they shared. Employ time blocking. It's where you block out time on your calendar for specific activities. Practice the Pomodoro technique. It's the thing where you set a timer for 25 minutes to focus on one activity during this time and then take a five minute break. Follow your energy. Trust your gut or desire to tell you what to work on next. Also, do things based on your energy. For example, if you're more creative in the morning, do creative things in the morning. If you have more focus in the afternoons, do activities that require more focus in the afternoons. These are all great tips, and between the daily ritual examples from the masters and advice from my colleagues, I should be able to come up with a suitable routine. But where do I begin? In addition to rereading Stephen King's On Writing and Mason Curry's Daily Rituals, I've been learning about Atomic Habits by James Clear. Full disclosure, I haven't read Clear's book yet. I've only heard about it through others. But I'm watching a series called Small Habits That Make a Big Impact on Your Life on Masterclass. Here's an example of how making small changes can lead to big ones, in Clear's words. You know, cycling is a competitive sport, and... Around 2003, 2004, the British cycling team found themselves in this interesting position, which is they were trying really hard. They were training hard. They had all kinds of, you know, top tier resources and coaching and their performance wasn't there. And around this time, they hired this new performance director, this coach by the name of Dave Brailsford. You know, and so he had this concept, he had this idea that he called the aggregation of marginal gains. And the way that he described it was the 1% improvement in nearly everything that we do related to cycling. So. They started with a bunch of small changes that you would expect a cycling team to focus on. Like, they put slightly lighter tires on the bike, they designed a more ergonomic seat, they asked each rider to try different types of massage gels to see which one would lead to the best muscle recovery. They hired a surgeon to come in and teach the riders how to wash their hands to reduce the risk of catching a cold or getting the flu. They even asked each rider to try a dozen different types of pillows to see which one led to the best night's sleep for each person, and then um, they would have them bring that pillow on the road with them to hotels for the Tour de France and their major races. And so Brailsford said, you know, look, if we can actually do this, right, if we can make all these little 1% improvements related to cycling, then I think we can win a Tour de France within five years. Now, he ended up being wrong. Um, they won the Tour de France in three years, and then they repeated again in the fourth year with a different rider. So this idea that 1% improvements are not just kind of nice to have, they're not just a bonus or a little bit extra, but actually can be the pathway to unlocking elite levels of success. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do something radical. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do something uh, earth shattering. It just means that you need to do the reasonable thing, the sustainable thing, the small thing consistently over a broad span of time. In many ways, greatness is consistency, or maybe we should say consistency is its own form of greatness. And by showing up each day, even if it's in a very small way, you can often surprise yourself with the results that you can get over a year or two or three. Clear steals my thunder here, but it's worth repeating. The thing about trying to design a perfect routine or daily ritual is, one, it doesn't need to be perfect. Two, you don't need to do something radical or earth-shattering. You only need to do the reasonable thing, the sustainable thing, consistently, over time.
was searching for a magic schedule that would take me from 0 to 100 instantly. I looked to the masters and the people around me for ideas that I could sample and fit into my own. And they're all great ideas and tactics to experiment with, but it will be the small incremental changes I make and how consistent I am in implementing and maintaining them that will move my practice forward. As for me and my new daily ritual, I'm taking it day by day. As cliche as that sounds. In broad strokes, I'm making time to write in the morning. Then in the afternoon, I plan to do job search and pitching activities if I don't have client work. And no, I'm still not writing 1,000 words a day yet. But by showing up every day, I know I'll get there. Is this routine set in stone? Not at all. But it's a starting point, and I'm happy with that for now. I'll keep refining it in small increments until it meets my needs, and I'll keep adjusting as my needs change. Either way, I'll keep you updated as I learn more about atomic habits and how the small changes I make affect my daily routine. I'm your host and guide, Antonio Banda, on Growth Expeditions Unknown, a podcast where I explore life and work as a content marketer and creator. Thank you for listening. And I hope to see you in the next expedition.